Uh, look, let's ask the Appleton Oak. He's been in competitive fights before. When no. you were training Taekwondo, did you ever go and learn how to fall from your sensei? No, of course not. I'll answer it for you. <laughs> hey everybody, it's good old JR Jim Ross, a member of multiple halls of fame and the voice of AEW Wrestling. And you're listening to Bad Medicine Podcast, and you're going to like it. And we are coming to you live from the 13th floor of Nakatomi Plaza, broadcasting from the Wayland Corporation studios. We are nestled in the heart of the Fox Valley, as always, overlooking the crystal clear waters of Lake Winnebago. Ladies and gentlemen, it's not just the best tag team in history, it's a podcast. And this is the Bad Medicine Podcast. Best tag team in history. Well, I figure, you know, why not shoot for the moon? You know, since Dave's pouring that. You talk. Give me two. You know, when you put a whole lot of ice in a glass and then you start pouring a drink, I mean, that looks like a lot of tequila. I thought I was going to... It's not. That's though. why the less ice, the better. I thought I was only going to get one more margarita out of this. I might get two. Two. Because you're going to go with some squirt. Be all right. oh, some squirt good. on that's there. Good. It's me, Austin! Oh, son of a bitch! <laughs> Every time. JR. Oh, son of a bitch. JR had to be the, the best... Like announcer ever to happen oh. to like mainstream media slash for wrestling like well because those he, he could tell you the match and then be able to nah, tell I'm the story. E- I'm not even it. talking about that. I'm just talking about get, <laughs> getting people outside of wrestling like popping or laughing over commentary <laughs> when those RKO out of nowhere videos no. came out there no, was no. so oh, many yeah. of them oh my god sorry stop the goddamn match stay down Jeff live to fight another day looks like a car he's crash. got a wife and kids he's got a wife oh, and kids you're the best uh, you know I got a question for you with the uh, with you bringing that up podcast does do you feel like the announcers today try too hard to do that now? The announcers today... Um, they all sound like Michael Cole. Sorry. They all... Uh, <laughs> my well, issue Cole with Myers. the announcers today is that they try to be dramatic, right? Mm-hmm. So they try to be dramatic, but they also try to be like legitimate like analyst announcers. You know, like a mix between JR and Monday Night Football. And it's like having a JR like... look. When it's a wrestling match and you're going into it with the, you know, the, the being very aware that it's sports entertainment mm-hmm. and somebody's like, by God, stop the match. He's got a family, you know, like <laughs> at some point it's, it's, like, it's, yeah. over the, it's way over the top or like, yeah, we know he's not going to actually <laughs> kill him, but it's such good entertainment. I will say like, uh. I hate, and I seen Taz do this the other night on AEW, where they're nowhere near the head. They hit him in the upper back, oh, the forearm, or what, whatever. And then you'll hear Taz go, oh, shot right to the back of the head. It's like, no. Watch the dude was like at least six inches away from this head. Yeah, that's <laughs> what I love. But like, Taz's commentary is still great. That's what I love when they botch, and he's like, oh, he kind of missed on that kick. Yeah, it wasn't I even just, close. I just like when they, uh, when they knowingly screw up, and then they just laugh about it like it's no big deal. That's ah, Tony Khan's money. Who cares? <laughs> hey, Taz, glug, glug, glug. <laughs> so the follow-up from last week, because we got in a pretty good text mm, We did this week, battle. yeah. Text beef. Text beef. Beef. <laughs> well, for Quick, all of you me. out there, you know, who haven't kind of figured out how we do our, our conversations during the week, it usually starts at about 6 o'clock in the morning. Usually five. Diamond Dave, or five. <laughs> five a.m. Diamond Dave will Laying fire one bed. off. Ding, ding, ding. My phone starts going off. Fiance, <laughs> who's texting you at 5 a.m.? And now, actually, let me now. see your phone. Oh, it's still actually. She's like, oh, it is actually. She's like, oh, it is a couple of 
now she knows. You know, when it's, <laughs> if it's going off at like two in the morning, probably not. But five a.m. Oh, sorry, once Dave. in a while I'm up. You know, I've got to rock the little man to sleep, <laughs> and I'll just fire a text in a while. <laughs> like, Monday through Friday, basically. Yeah. But so we usually get into it pretty good on uh, the topics that we discuss here on the podcast on Sundays, and uh, they'll sometimes trickle over into the week. So we usually keep it going, and we got pretty uh, pretty heated about old uh, Pat McCaffrey <laughs> taking part. McAfee, 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 McAfee. 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 whatever. <laughs> He's buddies with Ron Gronkowski. <laughs> Guys, is is Adam Cole that little or is McAfee that big? He's well, he's hunched well, over too. Yeah, both. Both. You're right on both accounts. Well, can we get some statistics? Is that what on you're going to go with? Me being small. Yeah. I thought we so, brought it up that McAfee was like six two or something. He's, oh, so he's six not, one six two. Yeah, so he's not huge, which makes Cole what five seven? Uh, six one two thirty three. So friendly five eight what, for Adam one. Cole. Friend uh, of the podcast. If McAfee McAfee is a legitimate six foot one McCaffrey. by that picture. McCaffrey, uh, Cole is five six at best. Well, look so, at that face though. That's just a face on on McCaffrey that screams, "Just punch me!" Well, Adam, uh, Cole, hey, hey, not Adam Cole. Adam Cole is billed at six foot two ten. Shut the fuck up! <laughs> no, come on! Shut the fuck up! He's, he's a heavyweight. They bill him at six <laughs> feet tall. That's because they look if he's. If he's six foot one, and they're going to give you a legitimate height because he was an NFL, NFL. player. Yeah, if they go to the six foot inch. one. He is <laughs> five six. That's only an inch. Oh, come on. five six, five seven <laughs> at best. He's got a pompadour heart like Diamond and I would, Dave. Yes, if I'm looking at his stature at five six, he's a hundred and fifty five hundred sixty pounds. No, that's two hundred and ten. God, Duke cut chiseled. Duke threw a super kick, but uh, well, yeah, I'm not questioning his uh, wrestling oh, abilities or anything like that. Big he is. But he does not pass our uh, front of the podcast, Dave Heroes Airport, Airport test. <laughs> Airport <laughs> test. <laughs> That's a good one. Airport. So, uh, taking I'm my pegs or oh, I'm having I am going to gonna circle back to Mister Heroes Airport test. Over. <laughs> it is skin. I, I like. I didn't know the guy before we had him on. You know, and it's oh, like, Dave. And the fact that he's six foot five, like the other day, dudes that are tall and big, it's like almost intriguing. Like, oh, you know, and it looks like, you know, when he was younger, he looked like he was, you know, not as as fit as he is now. Yeah. But he's getting pretty, he's getting jacked, pretty jacked. Yeah. He really turned it around in the last like three years. Especially for a dude that's like six foot five. It's like, holy shit. You know, well, every time we go to his own airport, (laughs) well, it's funny because every time, uh, because we see him on the, the screens a lot. And then when we go to a show that's Shoulder local and we see him, we go to say hi to him. It's like, Jesus, fuck, I forgot you're this tall. He's like, huh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> but airport bathrooms suck. Yeah. <laughs> to go back to our text message battle, though, Quinn, yes, you were yes. having, you were getting heated about uh, Pat showing his yeah, training his, video. His little, yes. his little highlight reel <laughs> of, of Pat McCaffrey uh, doing McAfee. his uh, his day one training camp bumps. Dude, aren't you at least going to give him some credit to the point where at least he respects the business unlike some WWE past where they just throw a Hollywood jerk off into the mix that I has zero training. I, I do. I, I hate those too. Alright, so let me clear this up for some of you casual fans like myself or people who just aren't wrestling fans at all. A bump is when they f- pretty much like when you fall. Like when You're you get hit and you fall on your back. Yeah. And the issue with um, Pat showing practicing bumps look obviously we know the wrestling and sports entertainment it's scripted 
guys have to be taught how to fall properly one for you know theatrical purposes two so they don't get hurt well dave um, i'm gonna correct you there sorry here <laughs> but it's not for theatrical it's 100 percent for safety <laughs> have, you seen, have you seen billy k take a bump it looks like a cartoon the theatric yeah. though is in the face not the bump Okay, but so he's learning how to fall essentially is correct, so that he doesn't get hurt. Wrestling camp and doesn't want to get concussed. The the, the, concussed. Tuck the chin, otherwise it can happen. Dave, you don't tuck that chin, you're down. Yeah, what they mean by tuck the chin is if you fall on your back and you have your chin tucked, then everything whatever. But if your chin isn't tucked and like the back of your head bounces (laughs) off a mat, you're done. That's instant concussion. And that whole like head snapping and bouncing is is really brutal, and you can you can hurt yourself really bad. But to circle back to why that upsets Quinn is because <laughs> it is supposed to be like this legitimate like fight. We hate each other. We're going to go at it. Mm-hmm. And, you know, you're trying to sell this as this like, you know, this is this is real. This is going to go down. We're going to get at each other's throats. But I'm going to practice how to fall. Exactly. And that's what, where and they, they take me out of it. And they shouldn't be showing that. But this goes back to. This goes back to the discussion once again that we had with Dave Hero about social media and how much should wrestlers be putting out on social media. Nothing. Granted, Pat McAfee. <laughs> Nothing. <laughs> Nothing is over. Uh, All right. Conversation over. Nothing. Pat, Pat McAfee <laughs> is, you know, what he's. Uh, <laughs> oh, do it again. Do it, <laughs> do it again. What the fuck is wrong with that guy? <laughs> that doesn't count because it's not us saying it. So it doesn't go that's, against our... That's Pat McAfee saying it. <laughs> I love it. But, but that's the thing. So he, they do this whole thing. He comes on Pat McCaffrey's show, comes over, <laughs> knocks over his little microphone stand like he's Dennis Green talking about the Bears. And then and now they're yeah. showing him how to fall and everything. I thought this was a fight. I thought you guys hated each other. Hey, they did the same thing for Tyson Fury, Fury and Cain Velasquez. They showed them in the training centers doing the same thing yeah but i didn't know who those guys were you guys told it's, me who Pat yeah it's one was. thing to, it's one thing to show them in the training center actually practicing like wrestling like tie-ups and body exactly. slams and that stuff. i'm fine with it's you know to show like i'm practicing actual wrestling yes with someone it's, else not yourself it, yeah, versus i'm practicing learning how to fall properly but at the same time this way you know what you're getting into don't you have medicine balls get dropped on your stomach when you're learning to box so that way you expect to know what's going to happen to you hey, he knows exactly why you do that for yeah bottom. quinn why what rocky and all this stuff they should beat the shit out of their abs you know like, yeah. why are they, 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 they show rocky was rocky going out there taking bumps in the ring learning how to fall when drago would punch through his face no he wasn't doing that you he was training to strengthen his core with the medicine balls <laughs> how, is, how does pat mccaffrey taking his own bump in the ring do like do anything you get your body uh, used look, to it let's ask the appleton oak he's been in competitive fights before when no. you were training taekwondo did you ever go and learn how to fall from your sensei no of course not I'll answer <laughs> makes no sense if you happen to get kicked in the head on your way down <laughs> exactly fall with your elbows so you don't hurt your wrist but you're this not, is you're the energy we get this is the it. energy that we get in our text messages starting at five o'clock okay so for 9.99 a month you can join our text message <laughs> conversation oh, that's a good one are we selling hey, that by the way we could time out 
Quinn, okay, what should get, they do? Get back on track. So to get back on track no, here, no, 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 make no. sure you guys bang the bell, <laughs> smash that subscribe button. Hey, the likes and the subscriptions are free. So, you know, help us out. We love you. Back, we love back ya. to this now. What about, I'm going to go back a little bit more to WWE Tough Enough and all that stuff. Showing the guys, you know, now I know right now they weren't showing them, hey, we're getting into this fight. We got this real heat, quote unquote, going into it. But WWE already did this to themselves way long before Pat McAfee I think did a training the, I hype think video. the situation there is different because you had a bunch of wrestling trainees who weren't slated for a pay-per-view match against one of the biggest stars in the company. They were just people they were bringing in to teach to become wrestlers. So anybody could go to, well, anybody who is moderately athletic could go to a wrestling school and learn all that. So it's not as bad in that situation on the tough enough when they're showing them how to do everything and exposing the business and blah, blah, blah <laughs> to where you have McCaffrey coming out. You're saying he's going to kick Adam Cole's. It's not the same as having uh, Pat McCaffrey come out there saying he's going to kick Adam Cole's head off, but then he's showing him taking bumps. Oh, just kidding folks. It's all, it's so all do you, scripted. Do you feel that the, the, uh, the business as a whole should not ever show behind the scenes type training stuff that no, uh, that indicates to audiences that it is scripted and that it's not an actual fight fight. Well, I mean, it hurts them because it's like, which way are we going here? Which mm-hmm. fork in the road are we taking? Is this going to be, you know, purely uh, like I was t- telling you guys before in pre-production, is it going to be okay? Okay. I'm challenging you to a wrestling match and I'm such a good professional wrestler that I don't think you can hang in the ring with me. I'm going to have to carry you. I'm going to have to lead you through the whole match because I'm better than you. Or is it going to be, this is an actual fight and I'm going to beat you up. Go one way or the other. I got to tell you, hanging out with some guys who are not casual wrestling fans at all. And if you come with the group that I hang out with (laughs) on Sunday nights for pay-per-views, they are into it and they will argue and, 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 entertainingly argue between uh, Alan and Dabber and Matt Rollo <laughs> and the crew um, a, a lot about the writing actually now. And that seems to be a thing is they, you know, like obviously it's, it's scripted and the stuff like that. Story. So they talk about the story writing. Like it's basically, this is a soap opera with lots of testosterone mm-hmm. and greased up dudes and some girls. Um, but, should this person be getting a push? Should this person be champion? Should this person after only this long, you know, have the opportunity to be, you know, headlining a big pay-per-view. So knowing that the business is different and it's not just, cause I have to imagine, you know, 25 years ago, it was like, you're just talking about the, Oh, did you see this pay-per-view? Oh, this person won, this person won, this person won. And now because the fans have so much behind the scenes access, mm-hmm. I think they look at it from a different standpoint, but the discussions are just different. Like I said, you know, Dabra and Matt and Alan and, and uh, you know, Corey and all these guys that I hang out with, they have legitimate discussions about, you know, is, is the writing that's happening and the storytelling going the way it should. You get so, to have the quote-unquote smart mark conversations about it where what's this guy's work rate, what's this story, how is that he what doing we call it? it? <laughs> is smart mark? Well, like that, the, yeah, that's a new one. Yeah, yeah. Well, yeah. That's what yeah, yeah I mean, it's it been is. there. That, that terminology's been there for you know, quite a while. But We used to call them stopwatch jockeys. Uh, shout out to Big Daddy Hoofer for coining that phrase, stopwatch jockeys. So I want to I circle back here, Quinn. Now that we, and we know your problem, what would you do... <laughs> yeah 
to oh, fix it. Where do we begin, Dave? Let me what, tell you. What would you do to fix Pat's hype training video? Because he does need to do that. Yeah, I, th- I think the video would have been fine had they just not shown him out there taking bumps for no reason by himself. Because I can't imagine there's any type of training you would do where you'd practice falling. If they want to show him, like Oak was saying, locking up with guys, doing some moves, working on holds, I'm fine with that. That that's fine. If you're going to push this guy to be Adam Cole's next, uh, you know, competitor, then okay, so be it. But let's not completely rip the curtain off and you know show everything. Well, because like I brought up the fact that when Mongo for <laughs> Steve oh Mongo, Mongo Mongo first came in the ring with him, so and, terrible. him and Kevin Green mm-hmm. being a tag team, they showed them because they're like. You know, we're probably going to, they, they knew they're going to probably hit the man, even though they're taking on who Arn and Ric Flair. Yeah. Like they're going to do anything <laughs> to these two NFL players, but they were still taking the bumps because they needed, they're like, we need to know how this feels and what's going to happen and how our body is going to react to that happening. Yeah. But that was like WCW. I, ag- I would, I agree with hey, Reggie White had a match there too. Yeah. <laughs> I agree with Quinn 100%. If you're going to have somebody outside of the business or even people that are trainees or whatever, and you're going to put footage of them out on social media or YouTube or whatever you have it, show them training, show them practicing and stuff, but don't show them doing the things. And there's, I can't, there's probably a short list of, yeah. you know, things that I was, I was are taking bumps, practice, practicing out of fall, <laughs> things like that. Things that are just blatantly like, Hey, this is, this is scripted. This is supposed to be behind the scenes type stuff. Look, there, there's a difference between all access. So fans can feel like they're there and all access. Like you said, for wrestling where you're just like, they're just throwing away all this, 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 secrets or you know like Sounds you know like completely tearing the down the curtain the and uh i think they could have done this better with mr mcafee one more question on it with pat showing that video aren't you at least a, a bit excited tiny bit that knowing that adam will and i'm going like deep end wrestler stuff yeah. now aren't you at least excited knowing that pat has a little bit of basics we'll say and that adam can help make this match into probably a hell of an entertaining match. I think what, why it, it kind of helps with that is because then it shows that he's not shitting on the business. It's not him just coming in to get the paycheck, do a Lawrence Taylor so he can get more blow or anything else. Are you else. telling whoa, me you, whoa, think, you whoa. think Pat McCaffrey is going to be in NXT for like five years? No, but no. I'm saying he's just not shitting on the business. He's actually going to give him a decent show. It's not that he's going to come out there – and he's not even going to be in a tag match. He's going to be one-on-one. He's not going to do a snooky at Mania where she does a little little cartwheel flat kick and so that her and triple axle, whatever. That was awesome. So oh exactly. So he's not shitting on the business. He's actually showing that he knows the basics. He's going to go in there and have a one-on-one here's, match. Here's Ooh, why. Here's why. He I did. just, that's what I like about it. Okay. Well, see, here's the thing, but we, and we've talked about this before about how realistically you could train somebody who's athletic and, and, you know, McCaffrey's obviously a former NFL player. So he's an athlete. He knows how to be coached. He knows how to listen and take direction with the best trainers in the world. You could make this guy passable in a match in three weeks. Okay. But it's the no. He's not going to go out there and lead a match. Yes, he could go out there, take bumps, be thrown around, deliver moves. You can teach somebody how to do moves in thirty minutes. I mean, that's not the hard part. You know, that as everybody knows, it's the when and why and the storytelling and the psychology and this and now. He doesn't need to know any of that. Need to know any of that because Cole's going to be leading him through. I just I struggle to see what the payoff here is. I, I you know what the tequila's starting to you know sink in a little bit. It's starting to hit me. Uh oh, and I. 
complete, like, I don't know why I like, obviously probably because I haven't, like, I've been looking at your guys' texts like, holy fuck, these guys are losers. I say that about the group too. I mean, no, but going, love going all. through it now, even just in this discussion, it's really something that like I had kind of like an aha moment. Cause we talked about this previously. McAfee, the goal of bringing him in is to try to draw his followers and put their eyes on WWE, right? Mm -hmm. Or AEW, AEW, NXT, excuse me. So the goal is to get a whole bunch of people who aren't wrestling fans at all to follow Mm -hmm. and watch because they're, They're they're followers of McAfee. Now, if all his followers know, that it's scripted sports entertainment and they would have a lot of his type of followers. Like a lot of just general people are, ah, it's fake. Ah, it's fake. It's fake. So if he goes out there and let's say he shows videos of him practicing tie ups and practicing body slams and all these moves, it's the fake side of it. Right. You see what I'm saying? Okay. But if he goes out there and his fans are watching and he, they do show him like taking these bumps and doing it. Then it's like, it's a little bit more gritty. It's a little bit more raw for his fans. He's saying to mm-hmm. his fans, I'm going to do this wrestling 100%. thing. We all know it's scripted and it's entertainment, but there is still uh, an athletic uh, um, uh, still an athletic component to it, a huge athletic component to it. I'm going to practice how to do this right. I'm going to make this real and raw. But I think in thinking about it, like I said, this is just stuff where I'm like, as you guys are talking, like, hey, why would they do that? I you thought know I what? saw that I hamster think, wheel moving. The, the wheel of wheels moving. <laughs> I think not with the wrestling fans, but I think with his fans showing him doing tie-ups and headlocks and stuff, they would have been like, okay, he's practicing, he's practicing fake moves. Right. Mm -hmm. But by showing like, oh man, he's going to take some shots and he's going to hit the mat. This might be something good. I, I, you know what, thinking about it, I think that's the angle because look, he's not, look, the guy's got a huge following, obviously, regardless of whether you like the writing or not, or where they're at. NXT has done a phenomenal (laughs) job. (laughs) NXT has done, he's not knocked on me. Uh, NXT has done a phenomenal job. The, you know they're pushing this pretty hard. You got to imagine that they're being careful with how they're how they're doing these things. Although you know they did the swamp match, but um, that's Vince McMahon. But I think right, let's right. let's put them in a swamp. Damn it! Yeah, you know as far as like the why of it, I think that was probably the why is so that his not the wrestling fans, but his fans saw him doing this, saw him taking those bumps, and are realizing like, okay, he's not. To, to, to go back to Andrew's point, he's not just coming in like the Lawrence Taylor, the mm-hmm. Dennis Rodman's here. We just just come up behind the guy and go like this a couple times and uh, and we'll sell it. Or so, the Snooky, can you do a cartwheel? Yeah. yeah. Okay, so do a cartwheel and then jump on her. You know? <laughs> so I think I, I think that's what it's about. It's about having his fans be like, okay, we know it's wrestling, but he's taking this seriously, and he's going to go in there and and you know put on a show. So well, I, mean, I kind of want to hear I kind of want to hear uh, Diamond Dave's take on it because this guy over here, this this guy to my far left, has been pushing this storyline like it's nobody's business, <laughs> like it's the second coming. <laughs> so I just what intrigues you so much about it? I got to know. I am. <laughs> let me start off with the one thing. I Wipe really off. wish we could have fans at this damn thing because I because, this yeah. shit all over it. No, 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 no. Because the wrestling community, I believe, <laughs> to, the wrestling community feels the way you do. You know, diehards at this outsider, blah blah blah. 
because Pat was actually talking about how he's getting like massive heat on mm -hmm. social media the with the beards. wrestling community. <laughs> so the, when you say heat, just so like I said, because a lot of people I know. Yeah. So basically, he they're, they're talking heat, trash. They're trolling him. Yeah. The yes. trolling would be the perfect okay. word for it for now. Uh, so the new kid talk. It would be great to see because the NXT crowd is already crazy enough as it is with just WWE talent. Now you add in Pat McAfee versus Adam Cole. Dude, you could have two worlds colliding of fans potentially for that, for the fan's sake. <laughs> well, and does, and, and I mean, look at Mac, see, look at McAfee's face. I think they're, <laughs> okay, they're just going for a guy who they think, man, that dude's face, I want to punch Oh, he it. has a punchable face. Oh, he got like a jig. He reminds me of that quarterback uh, that you don't like face. from Cleveland. The, the, or Baker Pittsburgh. Oh, like him. Most punchable face. You just don't like him because he played for Jim Irsay. Well, he that's true. Jim, Jim Irsay's a crook. Well, real quick now. Now that my point too on that is not only is Pat entertaining. Of course, Adam Cole is entertaining. At least Pat. Is, he's been a wrestling fan for God knows how long. Dude has put in a little bit of time to not disrespect the business, and he's still not going to disrespect the business. Mm -hmm. I just that's, that's my only part of it. Well, if the match so goes more than, than two or three minutes with intros, uh, it will be an insult to the business. Because this match shouldn't go more Whoa, than Come on, we had Jay Leno put an yeah, arm bar on Hulk Hogan. But you know they're not going to do that. They can't hype you, this you, up you, that you, big. Yeah. It's just like, that comes out, point. super kick, one, two, three. Dude, no, okay, no, 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 no. You know 18. NXT, it's going to be is that super his, Is that his move as like a super kick? He does everybody's move in NXT. Michael's sweet chin music, it's the same thing? Well, no, he does that. He does the last shot, which is like a reverse shining wizard where he gets a guy down and hits the road. I just saw his brain leave his head as you said the reverse shining wizard it's like what we don't really need <laughs> and then he does like a version of a canadian so dave, destroyer so dave basically what it is is <laughs> the shining wizard the shining wizard is someone uh, they get their foot right here one foot and then the other foot comes back into the back of the head so almost like an insect it'd be like a it'd be like a, a running Sliding knee to the face. Yes. There you go. But Adam Cole does it from behind. He's dirty like that again. <laughs> He's bitch. dirty like that. Whereas McAfee can <laughs> punt him in the face. But okay, so <laughs> I want to know what you guys think. Yes. Like, comment, and subscribe down there. Tell us what you Speaking think of this hell. McCaffrey nonsense. If you like him in wrestling, because I God, I wish there was a crowd out there just I know. to hear him just oh they, they would yeah. destroy this segment it would, it would, well it'd be hot just because they would yeah the pure wrestling that fans, dude's face oh you took it down well the thing. pure wrestling fans would obviously would want him you know get his ass beat but then the other fans would want him to win so i think you just have that whole do like do you think like i like seeing a seeing a sucks type yeah. thing yeah, yeah i mean i don't want to like go that. on on this for too long but do you yeah, guys you really do. think mcafee mccaffrey's fans <laughs> are watching this going oh I, I can't wait to see pat do this or do you think they're just saying no, this guy comments. way to go nice money grab no, no, I think the only way is I think they'll watch it for fun, and I think that's why they were showing him doing more than because I think honestly, I think if they showed him doing training, like oh, oh to tie up and the whole, I think then they'd be like, eh. but the fact that he's showing like taking the bumps and doing that stuff, you know what I'm saying? It makes it, it doesn't. 
because I'm going to be perfectly honest with you, being a casual wrestling fan and like telling my friends who don't watch wrestling that I watch wrestling, <laughs> they still make fun of me yeah. and are like, oh, you, so you think that stuff's real? I'm like, God, are we still having yeah, this missing discussion? The point. Are we having this discussion like it's 1987? The icon. Yeah. Nobody's pushing it as being real yeah. anymore. It's sports entertainment. And as far as, look, if, you, if you've been to one of these and you see them up close and you guys have been in the ring, but even like... Seeing it on TV versus seeing it like, hey, I'm in the in the second row on the floor. Yeah. Look, it might be scripted, and there's a lot of things about this that are very, very, very real. You don't yeah. do like a double front flip off the top rope and then splash across somebody. Ah, oh, it's fake. Like, <laughs> yeah, yeah. What, what, you, what, what about it was still fake? have that conversation? But his yeah. his fan base. I would guess that a large majority of them are still like, oh, it's fake. And if he comes right out and says, yeah, it's scripted, but it's sports entertainment. And look, I'm taking these falls. <laughs> so these are comments. Okay, the these first one I'm going to read, it says, wrestling fans hate Pac- Pat almost as much as how the Bengals hate an indoor training facility. Show Quinn and Dave the uh, title of this clip, because this was the seven-minute clip that he has on the show. We're not watching it. No, we're not watching it. I'm going to show the comments show. of kind of what to the point is that you guys were talking up about like god i wish fans are probably shitting all over it not all wrestling fans hate you i'd like to see him punt him in the head again i love pat this is one of the greatest yeah, storylines I mean, ever it's like we talked about you know a lot of wrestling fans nba nfl and major league baseball fans versus fake wrestling fans i'm pretty sure we're just fine well <laughs> see, see that's that's see, that's, that's, that's what yeah, i'm saying that's yeah. why he has to show like i'm gonna take these falls he has to, in order for him to make this legitimate he has to come out and at least show to his <laughs> fans like look i'm not trying to sell you this as being something other than i what think it, it really works. is i think it works if he if he uh if mccaffrey dons the crimson mask and just bleeds like a stuck pig I, th- then i think it would work unfortunately AJ, <laughs> this one this one says uh, aj hawk needs to come out of the crowd and hit pat with a chair shot i'd be too busy vaping <laughs> the heat will i do think he doesn't my prediction vape. he smokes cigars my prediction for next weekend's uh match between these two is i do think this is going to steer cole into a new feud because i just see someone interfering making pat win peyton manning uh, they're going to have to after this where does Adam Cole go right yeah. so I do think there's going to be some mad interference and that's going to be the next storyline for Cole my Pat. god it's Peyton Manning uh, Jim Irsay is going to change god. the rules halfway through the match oh, so no, it's funny that we're still talking about football Bill Burr makes one joke and you fly your whole <laughs> life on it I do want to ask you guys with uh, with there being zero preseason games do you feel speaking it's of knocking, Jim Irsay speaking of Jim Irsay wow you went hard with that segue just didn't shut you? her down that's right. Duh. So with no preseason. We're going to talk about the NFL. NFL. <laughs> with no preseason, guys, <laughs> do you find that you're not as excited about the NFL season now? Let's take COVID and all that jazz out of it right now. But with zero preseason, do you guys usually get hyped up because of preseason going into the season? Yeah, I mean, because you, you want to see how all the draft picks do, how all the rookies do and everything, and, and you're not seeing any of that. And it just it feels so weird. I'm still in doubt as to whether or not there's going to be an NFL season, honestly. Yeah. I am just keep waiting for the shoe to drop every week. Yeah, so I could honestly not care less about preseason every single 
year. I think that honestly, do I think it helps the coaches, you know, narrow down who they want to have on their roster? Absolutely. Do the fans care about it? Not at all. It is a glorified practice. You well, get now to they, see the they f- pack Lambeau. Yeah, I was going to yeah, say because people Bay, want a chance to see the the players and yeah, stuff like that. So there's and that. Drink. And yeah, look, if you give me a reason to go to Lambeau, I'm going. You know, mm-hmm. like if you, you could say like, <laughs> hey, uh, you know, Green Bay West High School and East are playing at Lambeau and we're allowing normal. Yeah, screw oh, it. I'll go God, there. Could you can, imagine? We, can, we, can we drink? <laughs> but I don't think people, I don't think that people are that excited about preseason to begin with. I think the lack of energy right now about the NFL season has to do with what Quinn is talking about. And I think fans are just really unsure whether we're going to get a season at all. So if the NFL came out and said, you know what? No preseason. And, and now we've seen, you know, a lot of stadium, a lot of teams have said no fans the first few games. LA or the, the Raiders said the, the whole season, actually. Yeah. <clears throat> so if, if the teams came out or the NFL came out and said, you know what, we're not having a preseason, but for a million percent sure – we're going to play on even if they could they could even say we're not going to have fans at these games for a while but the the season's going to happen okay we guarantee the season's going to happen i think that would get fans yeah, and say different. okay we're going to at least be able to watch it on tv whatever i think right now a lot of fans are really hesitant as to whether there's even going to be an nfl season look the nba seems like they're doing a really good job mm-hmm. other than the minor but what happened with the the Cardinals, Major League Baseball seems like they're doing a, a, a sort of pretty good job. Ball, yeah. mm-hmm. But the NFL, you have obviously bigger teams, bigger rosters, 32 teams all across the country. All the support, all the coaches, the assistants. Yeah, yeah. I blah, mean, blah, blah. so you have logistically, I think NFL is more difficult, and I think that worries people. But so I don't think that if fans were guaranteed a regular season, I don't think they would care if there wasn't a preseason. Let the coaches, let oh. the training staff do what they do for narrowing down. But I think it comes down to people don't know if they're going to get an NFL season. And even if the NFL season starts, you know, to be honest, we've seen so many changes with everything that's been going on since March. I mean, we get, you know, and we don't want to get in this too much, but it's this. It's relevant to the discussion about the NFL. So many things have changed from month to month to month Mm -hmm. to month. So many things have changed. And that's not to say we couldn't have things swing in a really really positive way. You know, where all of a sudden, hey, guess what? You know, we're going to now allow 50% capacity. Because if they came out and said 50% capacity right now, people would be like, oh, great. You know, like for Lambeau, you could say, okay, if you normally have – you know, six home games. Now you get three for the gold package. You got one home ga- or two home games. Now you get one. Mm-hmm. But I think there's just a general uncertainty for the season as a whole right now that until the season plays out, I think we could get halfway through the season and fans are still going to be like, okay, is, you know, are we going to see a spike in cases? Yeah, I think 80% of the, of the season ticket holders of Lambeau have opted out. Yeah, I saw that too. So. Yeah, my, my dad opted out. So he's a season ticket holder. He opted out pretty early. They said, you know what, you're not losing your season tickets, but they should. Then I you could can, get mine not, It wasn't even, my, you know, my dad didn't really opt out because he's all like, you know, freaked out about stuff. He just doesn't have the confidence that we're going to be able to have full, full stadiums. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And to be honest with well, you, what's like, the point of having going, tickets if you're not even gonna go going right? to not, going to going to Lambeau Field? Able. Going to Lambeau Field with a crowd of 20,000 would be an interesting experience there would be because every be like if there are the bears yeah or cleveland, yeah, God, cleveland. imagine being a bears fan um <laughs> so. but you know what i'm saying you're like you go to lambo and there's like this energy and it's packed and you know you got 
20 people all in the, you know, what should be one seat. And you know, that's <laughs> 20 of, people that's, in the 10 seats. It's part of the experience. Go. And, you know, that would be nice. I mean, like, that's what they, you know what, that's what they, God, that's what they should do at Lambeau. Instead of, like, having, like, sections, just say, like, sex. Sex. Instead, of, instead of people having sex. How much terramana have you had? had sex in the audience? <laughs> No, just spread them out. Like it would look like a normal. If you put twenty thousand people in Lambo, it would look like any other. If they normal, each have their own normal, couch. normal stadium, you yeah. know, where they can't draw. But um, no, I that's so that's well, and I feel really strongly that to, it's uncertainty for the whole season. To piggyback off what you're saying, we just saw a number of uh, the college football and uh, and basketball. Mm-hmm. Uh, conferences just shut it down and say we're done. Uh, yeah, and I think so, that that spring. hurt big, big time. Big Twelve and or well, the Big Twelve and you, SEC are still going, and, but Pac Twelve, Big Ten. I'm glad you brought that up, uh, Diamond, because if you think you're going to get these athletes to play spring ball and then, and then turn fall. around and play in the fall, I mean, a number of athletes, uh, even I saw Mr. Uh, no Technology saw a bunch of athletes saying, "Yeah, if you guys think we're going to play in spring and then in fall, you're insane. It's not happening." It's you know, just, it's well, insane. It's I think the problem with the Big Ten, the the biggest issue that I think the Big Ten is going to have playing in the spring is that if they play in the spring and the rest of the NCAA yeah, football or the big conferences play, uh, there's not going to be a national no. championship. Like, hey, we're ready. And playing for the Big Ten Just championship is one thing. Pa- playing for the national championship is another Maddie. thing week in and week out you're driving towards that goal and regardless of whether the wisconsin badgers or any other team Ohio is going to end up in the yeah it's going to end up in the the national championship and you like to think ohio state has a shot almost every year mm-hmm. are they going to be motivated to play and i get like a lot of these seniors the ones that aren't going to be going into the nfl are probably That's like yeah right. we want to go yep. but another huge issue about some of the big conferences playing in the spring is that the players that really stand out on these teams that have a shot at going into the NFL, a lot of them are saying, I'm not going to play a spring season if I know that I am a potential for the draft. Do a Leonard Fournette where he didn't play like the last four games of his senior year because he had no chance at a championship and knew he was getting drafted. I knew he was, yeah. yeah so like if I'm a if I'm a senior but, who's already look, there's look, there's a lot of seniors that you know still probably fighting to get the recognition. So mm-hmm. NFL teams take mm-hmm. notice. But the really good guys, the guys that are going to be your first, second round picks, look, NFL scouts have their eyes on them before their senior season. But also Joe Burrow was not looked at one bit, and he became the number one overall pick after his senior Joe Burrow. Does not count, <laughs> dude. His senior, he was such a he was such a freak. His senior, I didn't even watch LSU play. And then I watched one game. Dude's like sideways, running, leaning back. 70 yard pass on the nuts and I'm like who is this guy no but no there's a well, lot no, of seniors that's the thing there's a lot of those late bloomers that they have just an amazing Jordan Love, season for example Oh my God. <laughs> we got to get into that. Everybody's talking about Rogers going to the bears, but I, I think the, the canceling of certain um, college divisions uh, really makes people uh, leery about whether the same thing is going to happen in the NFL. And I think I right just, now it's just, it's hard to get excited about any football right now, period at all. What is football going to look like without fans? Are the, are the players going to play the same CFL? Just the fact you have the rug pulled out from underneath you at any time. I think that's the biggest part. And are they going to? Are all these naysayers going to have an asterisk when the when the Milwaukee Bucks march into that championship, grab that trophy, and bring it home this season? 
Is there going to be an asterisk and say, well, they didn't really play the full no. season well, the way they should have? Uh, but no. another thing with the NFL is you, you could – look, right now you have a couple of star players each year, big-name guys who go out to injuries and stuff yep. like that. And it alters that. But realistically, and again, we don't want to get into the COVID talk, but you, know, you start getting one or two players sick. Okay, how long are they really out for when they come back? Is it safe enough for them to come back? You know, if the quarterback got it, did the center get it because his hands are always under his ass? You know, it's – just there's so many what ifs although i will say basketball is a pretty close contest yeah they yeah. seem to be doing You're okay. sweating and spitting that's, where, on that's where it's funny watching the game they're, they're all spread out on the sidelines but then yeah. well, that was yeah i mean that was the big point that they made was that uh, these guys aren't going to get sick playing their game they're yeah, going to get Saban, sick on nick, Saban, nick Saban and, came out and said yeah. you know the, in the south uh you know he was obviously referring to their conferences but college football all over that the players are much more likely to get sick and in close quarters with people at uh real at, world I mean, have at, you seen those dorms but here's, here's another thing look at these college like look take wisconsin for example you can still go to bars and restaurants in madison mm-hmm. so if i'm a college football player and i play for the wisconsin badgers are they going to tell me i can't go to a bar or a restaurant i mean yeah, I mean that's thing. There's you, you should be going to a bar if you're playing college. Yeah, but football. if you're a senior, you might be. Okay Joe Kane did. Joe yeah, Kane. Joe Kane. Yeah, he was also 38. There's, there's, look, junior. There's, at the it. end of the day, there's just so many variables. You can only do your bubble. Didn't one of the Seattle Seahawks rookies? Get yeah, a cornerback got uh, cornerback. cut because he tried bringing in a, a lady <laughs> who was in Seattle garb. Oh no, she's part of the team. Yeah. She's our new punter. Look, I look, I get it. Well, we as men, we 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 love our women, right? Just we love the ladies. It all away. <laughs> he got a shot of in the NFL. Like his only wonder shot. If, I wonder if he thought he was. I'm sure somebody else will pick him up and be like, okay, this time, please don't. Next but, season. No. Uh, just to circle back and kind of sum up, I think uh, that people were generally okay with the NFL preseason being canceled uh it's just the uncertainty of if we're going to have a regular season at all and like quinn had highlighted you know the regular season halfway through if you saw this spike in cases and nfl players could be put on pause could be canceled we really don't know what's going to happen and there's a, a very high likelihood an incredibly high likelihood that even a Super Bowl in early February could be played with empty stands or with uh, a minimal crowd. Nice. So, for as much as people, those as much prices. as people, <laughs> a million dollars. <laughs> um, so, for as much as people want to be excited about sports being back on Jeffrey, TV, there's so much uncertainty man. that it's hard to get really invested in it. So, let me let me ask you guys this: Have any of you guys watched the first episode of the Hard Knocks this, for this? season that just I, came out i oh, didn't no. watch it apparently neither did anybody else the ratings were very very bad but <laughs> in the t-zank in there though they do show the everyday routine i know it changes when the re- the, the season starts uh to every it, where it currently is every day they're getting tested so uh-huh. it's it's like their own little bubble i think even uh mcveigh even kind of said in there that you know we got to kind of keep our own close quarters with coaches players because it filters from the coaches all the way down to the water boy yeah you got to keep close quarters and the testing that they were doing it was kind of funny watching these huge ass guys get so scared of the needle and the nose swabbing (laughs) just hilarious these big ass dudes just get the like they say there was there was supposed to be an accurate so was it andrew was it you saying that that there there's somebody came out with what is supposed to be an accurate ish saliva test or something like that we just saw it i i it was like 
Kickbot or although, whatever. Although that accurate right now in COVID. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Who knows? Yeah, accurate. But I think, I, look, I think, because right now I think people are getting even more comfortable with baseball. And because, you know, baseball started like the Cardinals players, like whatever. And now it's been kind of quiet. You know, the, the teams are putting, you know, <laughs> weekend at Bernie's in the stands. You know, I saw, what was it, the, the Phillies, what a uh, fall ball cracked one of the things and the, their, their mascot was doing CPR. <laughs> I mean, so I think people are coming around to baseball baseball a little bit i think if if it's we can have time, another no. few weeks of no, uh yeah NBA. i think in the nba i was going to say in the nba we're going to get yeah, playoffs time people are going to be excited about that and like i said i don't watch nba regular season no. i will 100 watch the playoffs i love that it's sure. just especially with the box it's, and the it's thing like that's when there's fun. something on the line for all the it teams. matters the yeah. thing that's fun with nba with i mean even their bubble season or whatever there was games on the entire day so it was like almost like it was march madness every <laughs> day yeah, because it would be like triple headers yeah, because they would do like five games at a time. You're like, oh, well, that was a great game. Here comes another one. All right, another yes. game. One you know? thing that uh, our friend of the podcast, Dauber, had brought up, he's like, well, you know, four casual is. friend of the podcast. Yeah, Dauber's not a casual fan. <laughs> he's, he's listening every week. He's sorry. Dauber is our, our most faithful fan. <laughs> uh, uh, brother. Uh, yeah, and Andrew's brother and then and Dauber, like, tied for first place. <laughs> um, but no, he had just brought up, he said, you know, if there's not college football on Saturdays or less college football. He's like, I would imagine that the NFL is going to take an opportunity yeah, to so. air a lot of games that you wouldn't normally be yeah, able to watch. Cause like, I couldn't look, see I'll them s- doing the direct TV thing where you need to get Sunday ticket to see all the games. Why? No, why? Say, look, if, 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 if I'm sitting around on a Saturday and there's no college football, um, and they're going to play NFL games that normally would be blacked out in mm-hmm. Wisconsin. I'm still going to watch these games. Oh, yeah. Like if I can watch, if I can watch a noon and a three o'clock game on a Saturday and a seven o'clock game, oh. I'll sit around all day watching football. It's what you're, I do on Sunday. That's what you think. You're getting married. You're going to have chores. Uh, I, got, I got the kid. I got the kid on the <laughs> way. You ain't, the you ain't doing none of that. I ain't doing nothing. You're I, just I sleeping know. on the couch. I'm, I'm <laughs> usually traveling, so I never get to watch college there football. But this year, you know, all the events have been well. Do you think the players – I don't know if the players will be totally game on for a Saturday game because they yeah. they don't even like uh, some of the, yeah, the scheduling Thursdays, as it yeah, is. The yeah, Thursdays, the Thursdays and the maybe, Saturdays. Well, the they already got the season. TV deal for Thursdays in lock. So having that Thursday, Saturday, and Sunday because they take days away from their prep and a day off. And then Monday too. Yeah, yeah so that, that's a lot of NFL football. But I did see somewhere where they said – they're going to have a choice. I think the owners – Two by the way, fail. By the way, you're playing on Saturday. You know, okay, well, right. Well. I'm just saying they're probably we're probably going to see a couple players speak out. Yeah, the, the stupid Saturdays. We got Thursdays. We got Saturdays. Sundays. We got Mondays. Mm-hmm. You know, and player safety. That, that's what the, we're going to see out of a couple guys for sure. Yeah, yeah well. Because that, that's always what the NFL preaches, but then they're like, <sighs> play Thursday. <laughs> well, it's good for your body. I know you played four days ago. You're playing again. I that, just want to have that. It. Reminds me of like when you go to a job and they're like, "Yeah, we're a big family here. We're all about family first. <laughs> oh, you're working 16 for the next three months, and you can't have any time off. Forget your family. But you're working Saturday here. and Sunday. Yeah. We're your family now. Yeah. Damn it. Speaking <laughs> of uh, speaking of that, and this was just in the news like a week ago. Um, Walmart, Target, and uh, God, who was it? There was another Costco, big maybe? retailer that all said they're not going to open on Thanksgiving anymore hey, good for, for, them. for shopping. Yeah. And it was just totally random when you brought up like family stuff. Just huh. It just was like a week ago. Yeah, Walmart said, yeah, we're not going to do the, you know, because traditionally everybody was, hey, you know, 10 years ago, was we're going to open at 
6 a.m. on yeah, Black, Friday. Black Friday. And then we're going to open at 4 a.m. Then we're going to open at 2 a.m. Oh, my God. We're going to be open at midnight. And then it was Wednesday. like, oh, we're going to we'll open at 2 o'clock on Thanksgiving. And they just kept pushing it back. Eat your turkey and come to the and, store. Uh, Walmart, Walmart of all businesses came out this year and said, hey, you know what? We're not going to do that Good anymore. We're going to open up. Yeah. And when Walmart, look, when Walmart comes sets out and the says, president. yeah, when Walmart <laughs> sets the president on their employees being able to spend time with their families on Thanksgiving, that puts a lot of heat on Target and other big box stores. Um, what lingo? Big oh, you said box. heat. You said put heat. 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 Yeah. Like that, you didn't even know it. You didn't know that big box was a wrestling like term. <laughs> no, but he football puts heat on it. Yeah, whatever. But uh, but no. In any regard, you you brought that up, and that was that was just in the news. And yeah. I and I think that's I think that's a great thing because I think like you know the look. I'm all about you know the the consumers and shopping in America, but people have gotten a, a little crazy on the Black Friday <laughs> stuff and to, to no. take Thanksgiving away from from people on their families and stuff like that i think is uh i think is trash well and so. i think they'll get rewarded for that too people will see them be like okay they're being good to their employees i'll shop there instead mm-hmm. of you know and wherever. i do i did want to say shout out to walmart for trying to trying to give out some kind of bonuses whether it's 150 bucks or whatever it was for their employees working during this time so I don't see too many other businesses doing and, that. Uh, and they're doing the drive-in movie theaters on their, uh, yeah, their places that there. Was... And a big shout-out to Metallica for doing a live drive, or not live, but doing drive-in concerts for everybody yeah, out there. Cool. So check your community. You might be able to go see Metallica at the drive-in. Yeah, Walmart, the Walmart thing was pretty cool. That, shitty that, um, in your car. <laughs> no, so the... Uh, <laughs> The Walmart thing was just in the news this last week. So what Walmart's going to be doing, unfortunately, I haven't seen it in Wisconsin yet. So what Walmart's going to be doing is they're going to be doing drive-in, free drive-in um, movie nights. Uh, so you're going to, ha- they said on their website, because of course, I'm like, I looked right into it. You know, they're going to have to, you're going to have to call ahead. Um, you know, they're not going to be doing, you know, you go and get popcorn and stuff like that. But of course, you know, you can, you can bring snacks to the theater Dave, like everybody does normally. Are they pulling from their $5 bin and then Walmart? <laughs> <laughs> Transporter. No, five. They, have a, they, they had the list, and it was a lot of really good With movies. Mason and they're going to watch. Them. They're going to offer free drive-in for their family. I'm sure they're going to have their um, their parking lots, you know, road and, and numbered and stuff like that. So they're asking people, hey, you know, come on in, you know, stay in your car, watch a movie. You can tune into the radio station. But the fact that Walmart is offering something free for families to do on Friday and Saturday nights, look, maybe they're thinking that you know the people are going to run in there and buy all their snacks from Walmart or whatever there's a business angle to it but the fact that they're doing it i think it's good the, the company that and look and there's a lot of really shitty things about walmart that i'm sure people <laughs> are gonna are gonna jump in no, on. It's an but, hey, huge, but here huge, huge shout out to walmart <laughs> and, and comment on but the fact that they've done those two things they're offering the those drive-in movie nights for free to families during uh, a crappy time where you know it's nice to just get out of the house and they're not going to be open anymore on thanksgiving day i think those are those are positive things to see in uh in a time where we could use lots of positivity speaking of positivity i was just gonna say say, here's someone who wasn't real positive someone who wasn't happy friend of the podcast now we're just gonna (laughs) we're gonna look we're gonna we're gonna preface with we understand she is a, a political commentator and leans very far to the conservative side and we we are going to ask that when you comment like subscribe ding the bell bang, bang the bell look we're we're, we're commenting Smash. on her her rant that she had Smash. from a men to women women yeah. to men social standpoint the female so we would we would ask 
that we keep the whole, you know, she's a news correspondent stuff. This is not a political take. This is not political. So Tommy Lauren. Oh, God. Went on this, (laughs) like, God, how long? (laughs) She went on, uh, she goes on her Facebook page. Has and a real goes, problem. goes live and it's like, there's some things that <laughs> need that to be voice. said. Oh, that voice. And I'm going to say them. Oh, but first, I'm going to wait until people log on so they can oh. all see. And, you know, regardless of whether you like her or not, or you think she's attractive or not, or whether you think she's got a good news voice or not, this started off really really annoying and she's just in her kitchen and the she's so basically what it was the long and short of it was she goes on this rant about how men are trash and and boyish yes and boyish (laughs) so the point of tommy lauren's rant was that men are trash and she went on this long drawn out tirade about how all my friends that, that are part. pretty and successful, and people had a blast oh, with they this one that. because she kept saying over and over, "My friends were all pretty and successful and ambitious," and we're all like, "My friends!" Like the whole like <laughs> asking kidding. for asking for a friend, okay. but no. So she went through this big list, and she came right out and said, "Men today are trash. They're boys, whatever." Yada yada yada. She, she and, an age group. She, no, I know she's not she talking said about like, age. She said like twenty four <laughs> to like fifty something. Yeah. She said even in to her 50s but she said like here's my advice to men she said like um one be single and she's like i don't mean like you have five girls on the side or married she's like just be single and i'm like okay because women aren't dating multiple men these days Bachelor. and she goes Takes you, have to be, you have to be ambitious you have to like want something out of life and stuff I'm like okay that's fine um she talks about like uh you know getting back like don't don't like have these big long gaps between texting people and actually her list to be honest wasn't like out of the ordinary she's basically her list the shit she went down is like basically just don't be a douchebag you yeah, know I mean, she was she was what you'd expect from uh a, a good looking girl who has pretty high standards and wants to date the top 10 5 10 percent but her delivery of it was so condescending oh, towards God. towards men <laughs> And it was, and she was basically just sitting there like, you know, her initial thing were like saying men is are trash. Like she sat there and she's what, like 28 or something like that. So, and she's just like lecturing men about how there aren't any real men out there anymore and stuff like that. And it was like, I'm sitting there watching and I I was, I was trying to think about who said it before the, uh, before we started the podcast. And uh, um, maybe it was a few months ago. Somebody went off about how, you know, they were pretty and yada yada and couldn't find a good man. And it was really a volatile rant. And a guy, the, the, some guy responded and was just like, it was insufferable for me to even read <laughs> this post. Like, could you imagine a guy wanting to spend time with you? And when I watched this video, I'm like, the list she has, the delivery, like, uh, I just can't imagine like hanging out with her for a weekend. Just, just not a very sweet person. No. Or and, fun here's, to be around. and here's another thing. Okay. <laughs> like she's got all these demands. The thing that really got me about the video 
So at the end of the video, at the end of this big long rant about how men are trash and they're, they're, you know, hitting on girls when they're not single and they don't text back and they don't call and they don't ask us on dates and they don't do this and this and this. Then at the end, she's like, you know, you don't have to be a celebrity and you don't have to be Brad Pitt. And then she gets you with the kicker. You really don't even have to be like super rich or anything. <laughs> yeah. Oh, I'm like, Oh, you really don't have to yeah. be super rich. See, and here's the thing with that. She'll, she'll say that. But then your average looking guy maybe gives her an eyeball at the gym, comes and says hi to her. Oh, get away from me, you creep. Yeah, yeah. And that's, well, you just that, told me. The comment section was hilarious. And there was a lot of guys. And look, we've had we've had discussions here about like, you know, the guy who thinks he's like the really nice guy, but he's kind of just lame. But the, look, there was a lot of guys who were like, yeah, you and your friends wouldn't give a guy like me. I'm not talking about me. Well, like of course not. Us. But like, they're like you top five percent. You were like, the, you know, these guys were like, hey, I've got a good job i make 50 grand a year you know i'm a decent looking guy i try to dress nice i have a normal host in a quiet neighborhood and you and your pretty successful <laughs> ambitious friends wouldn't give me the time of day you know and yep. you've and it's like you you know you'd see what i drive or you see the house i live in and, and you wouldn't do Shit. that and it's like look if you're out there and and you're like looking for like this perfect guy like take a look in the mirror like are you somebody like she's not somebody that i would want to hang out with and here's here's another thing ladies let me let me let me lay something out here for you okay let me lay something out here for you it doesn't matter how hot you are and this is a sign (laughs) this is a sign that is in men's bathrooms and bars all across the country and ladies you might not know this because they don't put them in women's bathrooms it's literally in men's bathrooms across the country it says it doesn't matter how hot she is somewhere some guy is sick and tired of putting up with her shit and i can speak from experience that this is the absolute truth that ladies it doesn't matter if you're absolutely gorgeous and you're super successful and super ambitious if you have an attitude like hers in her video Fire. men aren't going to want to deal with your shit that's it period like at some point there's a trade-off for wow she's really hot and she's really yeah. successful but i'm miserable when i'm hanging out with her so the hotness and the success doesn't matter anymore well and 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 to your point oak uh, there's a couple of things that i wanted to touch on with you in particular because of what you do for a living so her success now i don't think the majority of people even even if you're on the conservative side of the aisle and you would be a fan of hers i don't think she's all quite that famous she had her run a little bit earlier on but i think in the last couple years people were maybe saying hey what happened to this girl now from a hotness standpoint Something tells me that if I go to Southern California, I'm going to see that all day long. You're in the fitness industry. You see what one could arguably, argue, arguably say the most beautiful women in the country, right? So, like, I don't know, thinking solid uh, six by California standards. No, look, she's, she's, an attractive, <laughs> she's an attractive woman. But look, look, it doesn't matter. Look, it's the same. It's the attitude. I'm going to go back to the, what the bar sign says. This is, this is very simple. Ladies, it doesn't matter how attractive you are or how successful you are. At some point, even a dude who's like a two is going to get tired of putting up with your shit because he's going to realize that no amount of, of beauty or regardless of what your body looks like or what type of money you might have is worth your own happiness. Okay. And when you have... 
this whole video bothered me on, on so much because I've seen look we've seen this we've video. all seen and that. she kept saying yeah. me and my friends and, and that me was and the my thing friends. that me really and my bothered friends. me she had to keep uh, to uh, to justify it or maybe that's she not the right word friends. but she, she kept, kept saying, saying her friends over so it wasn't over. so much I, I'm just trying to wheel it back here real yeah. quick so it wasn't so much of like the words she put down on men it was more of her tone and how she was coming list, off on it her right? list what look her list wasn't that bad so her list again was basically like one of the things was like just be like, single. She have it want, like don't don't be a guy that's cheating. Just be single. Now that being said, understandable, look, right? I, statistically speaking, from what I understand, women are cheating just as much as men, if not more. Yep, if not more. Uh, women cheat for emotional. Men cheat for physical. Yeah. Whatever. Women. So, and and here's the problem. Like women will go after men who are involved. So at some point, like, hey, start, you know, make a video for the women. Make a video for your friends, my pretty fantastic <laughs> friends, saying, hey, guys, stop going after guys who are involved. And when you find out they are, bail, which, whatever. But um, her delivery was really, really condescending. So it was, you know, be single was one of them. One of them was just text or call back, okay? Call back. She's like, you know, I'll go out on a date and not hear from somebody for two days. That's because the date went shitty and they don't really want to talk to you anymore. And if they're in a slump, they might text you because they just want to get laid. You know, and she's like, and another thing was she's like, me and my friends are really busy and we're professionals. So don't text me and ask if we want to hang out. And it's like, you hey, just told me. What, the, what if the guys are busy too? Like, look, if I got something going on and all of a sudden I free up on a Friday night and it's, you know, four o'clock on a Friday. Hey, are you busier at nine o'clock tonight? Let's go out. No, she's like, if it's seven o'clock, I've already got my makeup up and my pajamas on and I'm not going out. Did she like, really say that? Yeah, yeah. She's like, if I get home and I take off my makeup and put my pajamas on, I'm done. Mm-hmm. You can't text me and ask me to go out. And I'm like, hey, guess what? Lazy. If you're looking for for a genuine guy, look, like if I was interested in somebody and I sent somebody a message and she was like, oh, I'm in my PJs and I got my makeup off and stuff. I'd be like, okay, let's watch, let's watch, let's watch a movie. Let's go, right. Let's go to some like normal restaurant. You know, it's not a big deal. But Burger King. No. So her tone, what was another thing was, you know, another thing was ambition. She just wants a guy who's ambitious. Right. And it's like, but everybody's into their own things. And it's like, look, the reality is, is we're not all going to be millionaires and we're not all going to be this, this, and this. And look, it's, it's hard to make it today. It's hard to get stuff done. And in the second look, and there's a lot of really, look, I don't make a ton of money and I have a, a beautiful fiance. We've got a family on the way and stuff. And there's a reason why I've, you know, settled down being modest and, over here. Yeah, no, but like if, if, if I would have a hard time finding somebody, if they were looking for somebody who was rich, my friend moved to Arizona when he was in his mid twenties. Right. And he's like, I cannot tell you the amount of times he was out in Phoenix or in Scottsdale in that area. And he's like, I would meet a woman. And like their second question would be like, what do you drive? Well, that's where the Bellas are from. That's what, what do you, you what do you drive? And I'm like, they really ask you like, right, like right into it. What you, tra-? he said, absolutely. And he's like, I had a brand new F-150, right? Like he did well for himself. He was down there. He's like, I had a brand new F-150. He's like, if a woman in Phoenix asks you what you drive and you use the word Ford, it better be followed up by GT. <laughs> Otherwise, <laughs> forget, not even Mustang, forget huh? about, no, 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 no rubbish. No, rubbish. <laughs> so it's like, what I don't, that? I don't blame her. Her when she says she wants a guy that's ambitious. I 100% understand like a woman want a guy who's got a good job, who's stable, who can take care of himself and obviously providing for a family and things like that. That's important. So I don't 
I don't dog on women at all when they say, hey, look, I want a guy who does well for himself, but does well for himself versus, you know, somebody who's going to be able to, and she, but then she would circle back to, we don't need your money. We make our own money. See, I got the ambitious. feeling, I got the feeling like halfway through her rant, she started to kind of realize she had stepped in it and she was kind of trying oh, to back yeah, a little yeah. bit on because it. Because it was like, like hey, yeah. look, I'm all, look, I've dated women who have made more money than me. And it's been, but I but like to think I'm at least somewhat choosy where it's like, you know, we do 50, 50 on a lot of mm-hmm, stuff mm-hmm. and I don't expect them to buy me shit. And obviously if they were dating me and you know, you know, right away, I'm not like super rich or anything, but her whole rant was just, it just reeked, you know? And I don't think that it really probably resonated with a lot of women anyhow, because when she's like, and you really don't even have to be that rich. Like, I think she lost people when she was, when she first was like, men are trash. It's like you lost people from the get go. Yep. Instead of coming in from like, Hey, I'm in my late twenties. You could tell she was like super bitter, but instead of just saying like, this is a general list for men, like on things to do, it was like, it was just, it was condescending. And she came across and the fact that she kept going, yeah, my friends are pretty <laughs> and successful. It so, was, it was nasty in the list. I don't know. So it's it just, I haven't seen the clip, but just basic, you know, I basic sent it, it to you like on Tuesday. Yeah. God, whatever. Anyway, so I didn't watch it either. Just by, the, just by the way you're telling the story here, it almost sounds like she got bitter at someone or of something. Course. Yeah. yeah that went breakup. on Facebook intentionally knowing that she's going to reach a lot of people, maybe overstepped a little bit because she knows what she, she she's been in this position before with politics. She knows how to set mm-hmm. off. Mm-hmm. fireworks right yep. well that's so, how she made i'm sure yeah. so there was well right. there was a lot of women commenting too and and it was like oh i i hear you sister and stuff like that and like like look i get i'm i'm not perfect okay i'm not gonna pretend for wow. two seconds i did a lot of shitty stuff in my 20s <laughs> and even my early 30s i think i'm growing up a little bit but um you know, I get like, you know, women in there. That's the other thing. Like if you're a woman in your twenties and stuff, and I'm not trying to like make excuses for dudes, but we're still learning how to pee straight in our early twenties. So like, if you're expecting like a dude in his early to mid twenties to be like super mature and have his whole life figured out and stuff like that, you know, well, maybe, maybe that's not going to happen. Then? <laughs> yeah, well, what yeah. if I go out there and I make my Facebook live uh, book face live of my demands of, yeah, of the women? So, See, Oh, sorry. Oh, oh no. Go ahead. Well, I was just going to say, here's what I think happened. And it's a real quick explanation. She dumped her fiance who bought her a $50,000 ring on his uh, credit card that was tied to his either Senate or congressional run. So I think he might've gotten some <laughs> trouble for that. Maybe that's why she pulled the pin, but either way she pulled the pin on her fiance, right? This guy looked like he stepped out of central casting for your typical uh, rom-com boyfriend, tall, thin, good looking, nice build. You know, whatever. So basically on The Bachelor. Yeah. So I think she dumped him for somebody else because she wasn't going to dump him and not have a backup plan, right? Right. So she had a backup plan to go to. The backup plan just turned out to be somebody that just wanted to have some casual fun with her. And, and that was it. You know, and now she's mad because her backup plan just used her. And that's what she's pissed about because it all kind of makes sense. I think if I could be so brave as to speculate as to what happened, I think she's like, well, this guy just wanted to like use me as on a slow Tuesday for some fun. And that's it. That's all I was to him. And now she's bitter that that guy she tried to monkey branch to cut her off. I was going to say, even pull up her Instagram too, because you, you might, she might still have some personal photos on there. Yeah. Uh, so essentially 
the words that she used weren't too bad, maybe even somewhat accurate, but it was just the tone. She was just mad at her, her ex guy, not not, not her fiance coming off too whiny, a person coming off too whiny. Yeah. And so, I mean, I just don't get you. And, and like I said, I mean, you know, quite honestly, we we live in Wisconsin. Yeah. She's probably a 10 for Wisconsin, but she's a six for Southern California. So, I mean, is what it is, you know, don't, and the majority of guys, I'm going to let you in on a little secret uh, in my vast experience that I might claim to have, but the majority of guys don't care what you do for a living. We don't because we're naturally hardwired to be the providers. That's kind of how we are. It's how we're wired. Right. So typically we don't care what you do for a living. You could be a cashier at Walmart getting ready to fire up the big screen for everybody, or you could be a multimillionaire hedge fund investor. It's really not going to change it all that much. So, you know, for her to come on and keep driving at that career thing, I just don't, I just don't see it, you know, making a big difference. All I right. just think she's better. So talking about the Tommy Lauren rant. Okay. And, uh, and, and this is a good one. And I wanted to, I wanted to pull this up because this has been circulating around the internet for a while now. And, um, and we're going to, we're going to post this whole, this whole clip. Um, and this was, um, my God, this, this was, this probably came out a good seven or eight years ago. And what it was, was a, a woman who was writing in a letter to like some dating advice, whatever, about how to find like a wealthy husband and a JP Morgan CEO responded to her. And so we're going to, we're going to post up this whole thing. This is going to make for a, a good clip. So it says diamond received a question on a form from a pretty girl who was seeking a rich husband gave exceptionally amazing reply, which is definitely worth reading. The original poster, nobody published their names. This was the letter that the young woman wrote in. What should I do to marry a rich guy? She said, I'm going to be honest, and some of what I'm going to say here is going to sound bad. I'm 25 this year. I'm very pretty, have style and good taste. I wish to marry a guy with a $500,000 annual salary or above. You might say that I'm greedy, but an annual salary of $1 million is considered only as middle class in New York. My requirement requirement is not high. Is there anyone in this forum who has an income of $500,000 annually? Are you all married? I wanted to ask you, what should I do to marry rich people like you? Among those I've dated, the richest is 250000 annual income, and it seems that this is my upper limit. If someone is going to move into high-cost residential area in New York City, $250,000 annual income is not enough. And she went on to ask questions. Question number one, where do most rich bachelors hang out? Please list them. Bad Two, podcast. which age group should I target? <laughs> Three, most of the, why are most wives of rich men only average looking? I've met a few girls who don't have looks and are not interesting, but they're able to marry rich guys. And four, how do you decide who can be your wife and who can only be your girlfriend? My target now is to get married. Mr. Diamond or Damone replied, <laughs> D-I-M-O-N, dear Miss Pretty, I've read your post with great interest. Guess there are a lot of girls out there who have similar questions like yours. Please allow me to analyze your situation as a professional investor. My annual income is more than $500,000, which meets your requirement. So I hope everyone believes that I'm not wasting time here. From the standpoint of a business person, it is a very bad decision to marry you. The answer is very simple. So let me explain. Put the details aside. What you're trying to do is an exchange of beauty and money. 
Person A provides beauty. Person B pays for it fair and square. However, there's a deadly problem here. Your beauty will fade, but my money will not be gone without any good reason. The fact is, my income might increase from year to year, but you can't be prettier year after year. Hence, from the viewpoint of economics, I am an appreciation asset, and you are a depreciation asset. <laughs> the wall defeats them It's all. not just normal depreciation, but exponential depreciation. If that is your only asset, your value will be much worse 10 years later. By the terms we use in Wall Street, every trading has a position. Dating with you is also a trading position. If the trade value dropped, we will sell it, and it is not a good idea to keep it for long term. Same goes with marriage that you wanted. It might be cruel to say this, but in order to make a wiser decision and assets with great depreciation value, assets with a great depreciation value will be sold or leased. Anyone with over $500,000 annual income is not a fool. We would not only date you, but we will not marry you. I would advise that you forget looking for any clues to marry a rich guy. And by the way, you could make yourself to become a rich person with $500,000 annual income. This has a better chance of finding you a rich fool hope this helps so i think it was beautifully written and i would i would like to point out that tommy did not only make this about money she didn't she made it very much about behavior but when she finished off with you and you really don't even have to be that rich (laughs) she's the word that she she lost everybody and and the question that a lot of people proposed on this particular topic is if a guy met everything you put on your list and made fifty thousand dollars a year which across america you know generally is 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 average you know very doable if the guy met everything on your list he was thoughtful he was single. He texted you back. He was a great communicator. Everything you wrote, but he made fifty thousand a year, or let's say thirty-five thousand a year. Let's say he was on the lower end of the average income. Would you still be dating him? If the answer is no, then you know, then then you're you're the problem. So look. Well, she would end up trying to change him anyways, or something. Yeah. You know, so that goes. Um, do you really just want to be a folder at the Gap? Don't you want to strike for hire? Uh, Gap's pretty cool. <laughs> but uh, no, I hit his button. If you haven't had gap. a chance, if you haven't had a chance to watch it, I, w- I would go watch it. You know, and, and and it was it was interesting because most of the comments were dudes like ripping yeah. on her. Well, and, oh, yeah. and dating's dying. I mean, it is. You go on any uh, forums or look things up in news stories. Dating is dying, and it's because of I stuff like that. So, well, so a couple of things. One, and there was a lot of girls who said the same thing. Like, I look, I've seen women all over Facebook and Instagram all the time. Like, oh, men today don't have anything to offer. And it's like, well, what do you, what do you have to offer? What do you have to offer? If you're going to complain about other people's behaviors and stuff like that, you have to make sure that you're bringing something to the table as well. And uh, which is why she kept saying over and over, we're pretty and successful. We're pretty. And let's, let's, you know, I haven't even brought in, like, what if somebody's just boring? You know, I have friends who are smart and handsful and handsome and successful that just aren't that fun of dudes. You know, <laughs> yeah. you know that's just they're, they're that just, was uh, that was an old Rob Schneider bit where he's like, like, oh, I love a guy with a sense of humor, and he's like, well, Jim over here, the biggest guy, he's bigger and bulkier, but he's the funniest guy I know, and he's always leaving the club empty. <laughs> it's always somebody yeah. else with those yeah. girls. But you know, uh, so well, it's just any time you start throwing out lists, I think you're going to lose a lot of people. I, yeah. like, and and again, it's it's a joke that I say it. But what would have happened had a uh, a rather successful 
male counterpart counterpart to her done the same thing well i want you to be under 58 i want you to be under 112 pounds and you need to look like a fitness model and you know maybe we can talk yeah but you know i mean that's that's and, every and bit a, of shallow i think a big yeah. thing about uh, you know women's viewpoints on dating and as well is that times have just changed yeah look people are are getting established financially much later in life mm-hmm. okay people are realizing like they're, they're, they're traveling more. They're getting out of their hometowns more. Like the concept of like high school sweetheart and getting married at 18, you realize like our, even going back to just our grandparents age, it was very normal to be married at 18 or 21. That was yeah. very, very normal yeah. to be married at 18 or 21. For and 25, now you're the creepy uncle. Now, <laughs> <laughs> you know, now well, if, I know, if you yeah. ask somebody who's 50 years old, Oh, I really, you know, I want to get married when I'm 18. They'll be, whoa, no, no, don't do it. Don't be married yeah, when you're what 18 you or thinking? 21. They won't, they won't say that. Or they'll they'll tell you, no, no, you know, go out, experience life, go to college, do whatever. And look, I have no issues with people who, you know, met their high school sweethearts and things were great. I have some, I have some friends from high school who yeah, dated all through high school and are married and are happy now with kids and stuff like that. But I also have a huge, huge number of my friends who got married in their early or mid-20s and divorced within five years because they realized they were still growing and learning who they were as a person. And how are you going to sit here and say, well, I'm going to spend the rest of my life with this person where you don't even know who you are really. You don't know what you want. You don't know how your goals and your values are going to change as you get older. So for her to be like, uh, you know, we're in our twenties and you know, we're, we want to get married. And it's like, well, Hey, look, you should have been doing that when you were 22, 23. It's like you can't have it both ways. No, You're just, out there going to, uh, to all the bars, hanging out with the dudes, having your fun, and now you want some guy to come in and be the white knight and come and scoop you up and save you. Well, you've been out there giving it away for free for 10 years. Now you want dating, me to come in and start paying has, for it? Dating has just – Out of your mind. Dating has just changed. And it's it – look, is. ladies, it's – I will say this, Okay. Here's my piece of dating advice that I'm going to give out to ladies. This is okay, four topic. It's difficult being a guy out there in the dating world today. Okay, because there's so many rules that are unwritten that we shouldn't do that you should do. Like do this, do that. Like for example, you know, when is it okay? You know, to tell somebody how you really feel. I mean, to to really tell somebody how you feel. You know, when women want men to communicate, tell me how you feel. But on the flip side of that, you'll have women like a guy will just, you know, pour his heart out there, heart out there and just say, look, this is how I feel. Like, whoa, pump the brakes, <laughs> slow down, slow like, down go creepy. to her friends. Oh, my God, we went on like five dates and he like, you know, spilled his heart out there. And it's like. You can't have it both ways. You can't have have this guy who you want to like be an open book and tell you how he feels and do all these things. And then like have this list of rules. Like you can't, you know, you know, don't call within. And then I know this sounds really archaic, but they're still there. Don't, you know, don't text or don't call within a certain, you know, time frame after meeting somebody or don't text too much or, or don't send too many on, on replied two texts in a row and stuff like that. And it's like, there's so many rules and stuff. And if you have your rules and you have your lists and stuff like that, you're setting yourself up for failure. And I guess that's what my advice is. Like when you, when you have these lists, like she has, look, there's nothing wrong with having a list like, Hey, he's single. I want him to have ambitious uh, ambition and be, you know, have some integrity. 
But when you start making a list and you need some guy to match everything on that list, you're going to go from one guy who matched eight out of 10. And then some of the next guy is only going to match a different eight out of 10. And if you keep saying, I have to have everybody check off everything on the list, you know, good luck finding that person. Yeah. Your, your uh, future guy isn't going to be a combination of all the guys you ever dated. Like one guy was muscular. One guy was funny. One guy had a great job. Like it's very hard to find the guy who's going to be the combination of all your ex or her dad. Yeah, or that too. That's a whole other story. She's probably got a leg tattoo. That's so when you when you put together when you put together a list like this, you know, it's it's forcing it. It's absolutely forcing Mm -hmm. it. There's nothing wrong with having standards. There's nothing wrong with having a few things that are are deal breakers. But when you have this long laundry list of uh, of things that a guy needs to be or things he needs to do in order to you know keep you happy good luck finding that. And like I said, a lot of us just look in the mirror, you know, what are you bringing to the table? I just kept, I tell you what, I just kept going back to that video and being like, I don't even think I'd have fun hanging out with you. Oh, not at all. That, <laughs> you know, that like, I don't care how, like, I don't care how, yes, hot, I, I don't care how hot you are. I don't think I've ever heard her talk. Ladies, it doesn't, always on mute. Ladies, it doesn't, I'm, I'm just going to tell you right away. Does it matter? Like fit, look, physical attraction is important. Anybody who says physical attraction isn't important. Is Especially a from a guy's physical standpoint. attraction is important, but, but it's like, I don't care how hot you are. Like you start being like nasty. I'll tell you, I'll tell you one thing that's a a deal breaker for me. This, this was always an absolute deal breaker for me and it's a deal breaker for women and it's a deal breaker for a lot of people, but it, it reigns very true. People who are rude to people in customer service ah, or wait staff mm. yeah. or wait staff. Very bad. I was dating a woman once and she had a, uh, she had an issue with it, like a tire on her car. And it was probably bald. And the, the make Sorry. and model, no, the make and model of her car required like, you know, to order the tire. Right. Yeah. And we had to, we had to go to this place, um, to get her vehicle service. And there was like some 20 year old kid there. And she was being like a total bitch to this kid about the tire on her car. And we hadn't been dating that long. And I'm like, it, I, I can't it was just the biggest turnoff. Yeah. Started to make you feel it didn't awkward, have anything yeah. to do. You know, like, are you serious? It's going to take you that long to get a tire from my, like, He's a 20-year-old kid, and he punches in the the make and model of your car and the tire, and then they have to have it shipped to another warehouse. In no way, shape, or form is he responsible for this, and you're going to act like this towards him? Look, if you're in a restaurant, somebody gives you bad service, and you pipe up, fine. But people who look, watch out for this. And this is for men, too. People who treat people in customer service roles bad that is the, the biggest red flag for me, and it is a giant turnoff. I don't care if you are a straight 10 hottest chick in the world. If we're at a restaurant and you start being a complete bitch to the waitress because your drink took two seconds longer than you thought or something minor happened, ugh, huge turnoff. Well, has anyone else experienced that? Kind of like what he was mentioning there? Oh, where you uh, start to get the red flags? Or in the, it, just no, even just in like the, even even like the with the service. Oh, I haven't had the service. I, I've been lucky with that. None of them have had that. I even had was uh, on a date with a girl, and the water got spilled all over her, and she's just like, "Oh, it's okay." You slipped the waiter a ten to do it. <laughs> she was like, yeah, you're wearing a white shirt." No, <laughs> but no, like no, I've never experienced that either. But obviously, for everyone, it's it different. Would, on yeah, it would have been. Yeah. You would have been like, "Wow, you know," and I haven't messed up yet. So how are you gonna <laughs> do that? You to can me? tell a lot about. Uh, people's character and you see this a lot um, at, at various companies you might 
my work at, like you can tell who fought and clawed and scratched their way to the top. And it's the people who still treat the quote unquote, like lower level people with respect and dignity and, of and dignity and know their Absolutely. name. That's feel how like you know equals. who climbed their way to the top. And it's funny because I've worked at a number of places where the husband maybe built the company from square one and he, you know, slogged all night, never slept, worked hard to make this company. And then the wife just kind of came along for the ride. And you'll see she would tend to have a lot more attitude, wanting to know why the airplane just can't wait for them until they get there when they're flying someplace. And the husband's like, well, what are you talking about? It doesn't work that way. But so it, it can be skewed. And that I think that kind of goes into what you were saying, Oak, about, you know, dealing with customer service people and wait staff and quote unquote underlings and how you how you treat them. It it tells a lot about somebody's character, uh, mm-hmm. how they deal with that. All right. So we covered a multitude of topics there. Wow, that was a good one, guys. We covered dating advice. We covered overall red flags to watch out for. Watch and, out. of course, covered the, the, the Tommy Lauren uh, video, which has been seen by a whole lot of people. And uh, that should prove to be interesting uh, Very coming up much later so. on in the week. I got a teaser for next week. I'm going to chime in next week. Hopefully, I'll be here. I might have to be here via Zoom. We'll see. But I'm going to bury Will Ferrell, you unfunny hack. Oh, my you you're gonna be in for a fight. I look forward that's to why, it. That's why he's doing that's why he's doing the zoom. Yeah, remotely. And also premiering this week will be the first monologue challenge has been recorded. It'll be given it to Diamond Dave. It's from uh, Goodwill Hunting. It's the your move chief. I thought you were doing first blood. That's the next All one right. to do, dummy. Uh you knew that. I wanted to tease it. <laughs> so, so you do it in the industry, kid. So oh exactly. So for Diamond Dave, the Appleton Oak, Mason Quinn, and the answer. Good night now. Utah. Give me Utah. two. <laughs>